0: All right, college basketball lovers, here again, episode 45 of Mad About Hoops. I am Timmy Hall, and just want to let you know, a little disclaimer, episode 46, the next one, we will be right back at it. Me and Evil Bald Colin will be breaking down all of the March Madness, the final four being set, Gonzaga, Baylor, Houston, I I should have said Gonzaga, UCLA, they'll play each other Baylor-Houston Battle of Texas, but special guest on this one. He was in the TV biz, so he's got some interesting perspective there covering the game of college basketball, and he's been one of our fine radio hosts at 97.1 The Fan for going on 10 years right now. His name is Anthony Rothman. He's one of my favorite people. We play golf a lot together. We've had many, many great conversations. We're big Seinfeld guys. You will love him, so today's or today, whatever day you're listening to it. I'm recording this on March 31st in the afternoon. But this podcast's guest talking some college basketball and a perspective on Indiana basketball and the hire there. He went to IU, so he'll have plenty to say about Mike Woodson and how this whole thing went down for IU Hoops and if they can be back ever. So without further ado, enjoy episode 45 of Mad About Hoops with our special guest, Anthony Rothman. <laughs> To go.
1: Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. bounced oh! Inbounds Turner, left side of the backcourt. Turner crossed the timeline, throws it from high on the right. He, he makes it! it! He hit it! He hit it! He hit it just inside of half court! Lane's on the other wing. Oh, oh! Oh! Oh!
0: oh. Sent it in, Jerome! Madness. and we have a very special guest here on mad about hoops we are going to talk a little bit about indiana basketball the hoosiers and we're going to just get his overall thoughts on march madness and the ncaa tournament because he's a very well-rounded individual he likes basketball he likes hockey he likes golf he likes football he likes to swing the racket and play a little tennis as well he is the 12-3 host on 97.1 The Fan. The show is Rothman and Ice. He is the Rothman part of that. Anthony Rothman, you have been in the game for so long, TV guy, living it up on the radio dial right now. How you doing, man? Been a
1: while. I'm doing great, Timmy. It's it's good to have you, brother. Good to be on your show. I appreciate it, man. And uh, yeah, it just makes me kind of old and weathered and crafty and whatever you want to call it. And... Yeah, somehow I just got started to be known as my last name on a last name basis. I think I owe Bobby Carpenter for that. Um, so it, it just you became would, Rothman. Rothman. And, and so, you know, I, I'd like my friends to call me by my first name if they'd like to. I'm not opposed to going as a last name, but, you know, coaches certainly could call you by your last name. But um yeah refer to me however you'd like buddy I'm happy to be here
0: I no, I get I get the drift I'm calling you Anthony now I know I know you like that personal touch we could be on the two (laughs) form in in that respect so Anthony is with us here and you know one thing we always we always talked about around the office was this famed videotape that you had for your brother and I was curious which which key figures tell the people what that videotape actually is, what the purpose was. And I want to know like what kind of college basketball angles you ultimately found to be a part of that videotape.
1: Well, all right. So I'll, I'll try to make this short and sweet, but way back when, when my older brother got married in the mid to late nineties, I was working for uh, ABC six here in Columbus and he got engaged, I think in January or February, and then was going to get married in November. So it wasn't even going to be a full year. And I decided, as a surprise, every famous athlete or coach or broadcaster that I ran into that I I thought he would appreciate, I was just going to say, hey, can you wish my brother congratulations on getting married? And it was only going to be a five-second thing. And then I was going to piece them all together and then play him at the rehearsal dinner, but not tell him. And so it started kind of slow in that if I was interviewing someone like, I'll, well, I'll give you a perfect example. So Johnny bench famous catcher for the reds did S and K menswear for a long time. He was the endorsee, <laughs> and he was, he was at a store in Dublin and I was going to go and interview him about the reds and baseball. And when I got there, he's standing in front of a, a rack of suits and he's such a funny guy. And at the end of the interview, I told him about my brother getting married. And he and he basically said, "Wait a minute, you want advice from me? Like I'm not exactly the model of marriage, you know." If you go through what his wife, history, am
0: I on? Yeah, three, four, yeah.
1: yeah. And, and so it turned into kind of a funny thing. And so I thought, you know what, I got to level up this thing and maybe get some of these personalities to rib him a little bit or mention his wife to be. And so uh, a couple guys that I covered and I knew pretty well um, here would be like Bobby Ray Hall and the broadcasters at the time for college football, the legend, Keith Jackson, and certainly over by the shoe, when we'd go over on a Friday when the opposing team would come in, the broadcasters would be there. And I caught Keith Jackson outside the ABC truck. And I'm telling you, man, the whole thick, oh, Nelly kind of stuff. And he told my brother, my sister-in-law, he's like, Stacy, broom handle, it works. You know, and he, he went through the whole thing. The the best one I ever got, I think, and I got some famous ones. But when I got Dick Vitale, there you Dick go. Vitale came in to do a, now a you're speech. Talking. Where did he come? I can't even remember where he was. Some of Club. And he did the whole thing. <laughs> you're awesome, babe, with capital A. You're an overachiever. I don't know what you did to have, you know, Stacy agree to marry you. And he went on and on. And he kept, I said it the way your brother told me to say it. And like, he went on and on. So it got so good, Tim, that I was getting like Vitale and Keith Jackson and Bobby Ray Hall, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders came to an old Columbus chill hockey game at the fairgrounds. So I got them on it. And I'm like, there's still hope for me, right girls. I mean, it was great. And then (laughs) uh, later down the road, you know, since we're from Chicago, that year, 96, the Bulls were going after their 70th victory. And it was up in Cleveland, of all places. So we went and covered the game. And I went in the locker room. And there's Dennis Rodman. And he's got the, this was right around the last dance time. I mean, this was huge. I'm surprised sure. actually this wasn't in the last dance. Um, he's got the Oakley green leather jacket on. Or just the leather jacket, the the Oakleys, some sort of pseudo Australian like cowboy hat, and I ask him about my brother. I go, "Can you tell him congratulations?" And he goes, "What is this for? His bachelor party?" And I said, "Well, bachelor party, sure. wedding, whatever you want to make it." I cannot tell you what he said, but I'll give you the you kind of can
0: you kind of can I, on the podcast can. here. If he, you, he basically if you want.
1: said. Make sure that your new wife doesn't cut off your you know what and let you and put it in a drawer and still let you go out and have a good time with the guys. And he did a whole thing. And then so I looked around real quickly after Rodman and you know who I'm looking for. Looking for MJ and he's not there. And I'm like, damn, I'm going to miss MJ. But Rodman's great. And then somebody said they're on the way to the bus. So I start running with my cameraman and and Jordan is kind of stopping and signing some things along the way. And I get him. And I say, Mike, my brother's getting married. Can you wish him congratulations? Name is Brian. He's like, good luck, Brian. But I wouldn't do that if I were you. (laughs) And then and that was it. So I got Jordan. um, The other famous person, I would say as we and by the way, the whole show, I kind of ranked him in my order. So Jordan was certainly last. And so I got Jack Nicholas did an awesome one for me. Uh, Johnny Unitas, God rest his soul, was here doing a celebrity pro am that we were involved with, and I was on. I was out there. So I got Johnny Unitas, Jack Nicholas, Rodman, Keith Jackson, Vital, Carl Lewis. Um, I mentioned Johnny Bench. Uh, Who else? That's a pretty good run.
0: So the the Hoops guys, Dick Vitale, Michael Jordan, Dennis Robin for the Bulls. There was no Bobby Knight. I thought there was a Bobby Knight involved with this story. As We're going to talk Indiana basketball.
1: Yeah, so there were two guys I missed. One was Bobby Knight, who I think was part owner in a golf course up in Lima that year. And I couldn't get up there to see him, and I couldn't get the general. And then... We both grew up in Chicago and really liked Hawk Harrelson, who was the announcer for the Sox. Sure, sure. And I would have loved to have gotten him. But other than that, the only one that, that I missed probably was the general. Man. Yeah. And Incredible.
0: Yeah, that 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 is so neat. That is so cool that you were able to do all that. While well, you were talking about, I had a funny uh, Dick Vitale story for you, too, while well, we were talking yeah. Dickie V. So I I started in this biz like a lot of people, just climbing the ladder in sports radio. And when I got my first job full-time, it was in Raleigh, North Carolina. So it was a basketball fan's dream to go out there. And there were a lot of games to cover. And being young in the biz and working for a sports radio station that was brand new at the time. The company I chose to work for was starting this sports radio station from scratch. So they had all the positions to fill. So it was like, we're taking... All comers, not really. Like a lot of people apply for jobs. I was a lucky one. They liked what I had done, and uh, you know, coming out of school at Kansas and working a little bit in Kansas City. So I started as a morning show producer, and different, different story. This morning show host actually is now the new voice of the Carolina Hurricanes. It's kind of a neat story for people that are into that stuff, for kind of rises in the. In the sports broadcasting profession, from a morning sports talk host to TV play-by-play voice of the Carolina Hurricanes in like 10 years. Kind of wild. But I was doing that job, so I had to build my Rolodex, right? And we're a college basketball-centric town, so... I, I would cover a lot of games, NC State, Duke, and Carolina, and I'd get to meet some of these guys. Jimmy Dykes was always a really nice guy to me. Got to meet him. Uh, Mike Patrick was a guy that was calling a lot of ACC games at the time. Got to meet him. I remember Mike Patrick. Yeah. In fact, Mike, Mike, and Dick were paired together. Yeah, they were. They were a pair together. Uh, yeah. Jay Billis was always very nice to us. Jay Williams, before you know, he was huge, I actually watched a UNC-Duke game with Jay Williams' mother, who I think was an athlete at Ohio State as we go back and look. I think both of his parents went to Ohio State because we had Jay on uh, when I was producing Common Man and, and T-Bone for a few months when I first started here. I got him on on their air. But back to Dick Vitel. Dickie V was a number I was lucky to get, and I had him in my Rolodex. And the running joke was every time we would have Dick Vitel on the show, he would end the interview on his own volition if you know what i mean he would finish one of his yeah. answers and then tell you how he has to get going and we would mm-hmm. all we would have like a chalkboard in the studio where we would mark one down if we couldn't ba- actually we would celebrate if we ever got to end the interview like if we asked that last question we're like let's see we're at six minutes right now or seven minutes yeah. we better say thank you dickie v have a good call this weekend but he would start going off like, you know, and a Dion Thompson for UNC. He's got to be really, really big this game coming up. And guys, I got to get a T.O. and I got to run, baby. But we'll catch up with you next time. We'd be like, bye, Dickie. Bye. Take it easy. Like we could never end the interview with him. The son of a gun was always off to the next thing.
1: So, so you want to laugh? You want to laugh? At the end of my brother's videotape, he did the same thing. Now, he did it for about two minutes and went on. And he goes, but I got to run. I got to – he did the same thing he, on the tape. And it actually worked <laughs> there for the go. tape. There you go. Yeah.
0: That's just w- one of his his lines that he uses. Yeah. Unless he's doing, like, actual stuff for ESPN, he's finding yeah. his way out to get it done.
1: So – when Yeah. He was um, – when I was in Indiana and I was doing some play-by-play on the radio for basketball for the student radio station, that's when Mike Patrick and Vital were huge. And that's when they were the pair. And I thought Mike Patrick was great. But when I came to Columbus and I was doing some live shots down at the shot and he'd be calling the game and I was doing live shots for the TV station. He came on the air with me once and I and on the air live, I took a a, I had a still shot of he and I from my days when I was a student at Indiana. Wow. And I showed it to him live on the air. Like, look how far you've come, Dickie V. Like. You followed me all the way in my career. It was kind of funny, and he got a kick out of it, so it was cool.
0: That is funny. And, guys, we are with Anthony Rothman. He, uh, he's he got a unique perspective here to talk about this Indiana basketball coaching hire, the search and the hire and where the program is, and he's with us on Mad About Hoops. And his, his day gig is uh, the, the sports talk radio show <laughs> Rothman and Ice on 97.1 The Fan. That's the 12. Now, what you want to do is you're going to want to turn on the radio from 12 <laughs> to 3, and... Talk to Rothman and Ice. Very nice men. So they'll keep you company. And I do love this guy because he always likes to slip in some Seinfeld references for the fine people of Columbus. Mm -hmm. And even though his co-host doesn't understand him, he still does it. And I appreciate that because some people out there also still get it. And I like it.
1: It works even better when he doesn't get it, actually, (laughs) because then it makes it sound like I'm more clever than I am because he actually thinks that I'm coming up with these things, right? Not right.
0: It's like, wow, right. that's how did you just came up with that on the fly? It's a perfectly, <laughs> it's a perfectly sane thing to talk about. It's
1: a perfectly sane thing to say, exactly.
0: So, you you also have this unique background in that you went to school at two college mm-hmm. basketball powerhouses. I mean, you started yeah. off as a student at Kansas, and then you transfer and you wind up graduating at Indiana. I mean, you talk about basketball heaven and getting to be a part yeah. of those yeah. two uh, histories there.
1: Probably nothing better as a student at any college than being able to say that either your football team or basketball team won a national title while you were there. I, I, I it's, it's unbelievable. Um, now, I, when I went to Kansas and I'm so old, but I went there and I, we got to the final four and uh, Danny Manning was a sophomore and we got to the final four and then I transferred. And then the next year we, Indiana won it all. And then, if you remember this, the following year in '88, Kansas won it all. So, of course, it was a final four, a title, and a title for the two schools that I went to in three years, uh, where Danny beat Oklahoma in that '88 game and Indiana came back to beat Syracuse in the '87 game, the Keith Smart shot and everything. So, yeah, I mean, there was nothing bigger, I thought, than Bobby Knight and Indiana basketball. In their heyday, even though that was somewhat of an underdog team, because Syracuse had had Douglas and Ronnie and, and Cycley and Derek Coleman was a freshman, I think. And so we were not supposed to beat them. In fact, I think we were down 10 with three to go. I'm almost positive. And I think that Coleman missed the front end of a one-and-one, and, one, and that allowed Keith Smart to come down and hit that shot. And I think what people also think about Indiana is that Knight you know, made sure all of his guys from Indiana, he locked up the border. That 87 team was not the only guy that mattered on that team from Indiana was Steve Alford. Um, Dean Garrett, Juco transferred, Keith smart Juco wound up going back to Louisiana to hit that shot in new Orleans. Um, Joe Hillman, the other guard was a California kid. Um, wasn't, I think Steve Isles from an Ohio kid. I think he was Hamilton, Ohio. Um, None of those guys were Indiana guys. It was just Alford, who was the legend. So Knight, Knight's big claim was, I got to get guys to play my system. And if I can get them to play my system, then I can coach them to be great, better than they are. Remember, the three-point line had just kind of gone in. I think Knight really wasn't a big fan of the three-point line. But when you have a guy like Steve Alford, their whole motion offense was double and triple screening for, for Alford. But when he got Dean Garrett, a JUCO, to come in and be kind of a presence, and so Daryl Thomas was a big physical guy inside, and then Keith Smart was a JUCO. So everyone thinks like that 87 sure. team were all Indiana homegrown guys, and they weren't. In fact, two JUCOs for night was was pretty wild.
0: So, Anthony, though, for, for people that have been growing up here in – the 90s, 2000s, and now we get into whatever we call this last decade, the teens. I I don't even know what our name for it was. It's hard to believe it's the year 2021. But Indiana basketball has certainly taken its turn. You don't – I mean, you've seen this happen with Blue Bloods around. Like, you've seen UCLA go through it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But Ben Howland had his little run there where they were showing up in the Final Four, I think maybe – two or three years in a row, uh, even though they didn't pull down another title. But I I just have always had I've pushed back on Indiana really truly being gone because it's Indiana, because there is so much rich history, and it's in just such a rich state for the sport. That's the other thing that it has yeah. going for. It. And, and even... You know, Indiana basketball, as far as recruiting, it's pretty good. I mean, and you've got Illinois that's nearby with Chicago and Ohio produces some pretty good recruits as well. So you don't even really have to stretch that far outside of Indiana if you can get the right coach. It's just there was this thing with how times changed and Bobby Mm. Knight's run ended and he could not change his ways as the world changed. And it's just Indiana basketball has never been able to recover. We've seen it with other teams and other sports where a legend goes away and you just can't get back on that perch. Maybe this is going to be the time to do it. They go with Mike Woodson. I'm just curious your perspective on on this window that we've been in with Indiana basketball. And if you honestly think that Mike Woodson, who's been an NBA lifer right now – is going to be the guy to to possibly bring Indiana back or at least get them on the road to being yeah. a, a sweet 16-caliber team year after year? Because that's, <laughs> to me, what they should be.
1: So a couple things. Um, in my mind, he wasn't the first choice, but he can be the right choice. I don't believe Chris Holtman was the first choice. Maybe he was somewhat in there, and then when he found out – Chris Holtman, I mean for Ohio State – um, and then they went back to pry him out of Butler and went and sharpened their pencil and gave him a lot more money. Uh, you bring up a great point. Indiana fans haven't seen a winner. They've heard about it. They've heard about it. They kind of know what, it, what it's like. They've never really seen it. Hmm. Um, 10 years ago, Christian Watford hit a buzzer beater versus Calipari in UK when they were number one yeah. at Assembly Hall. Let me put this into perspective for you. That was my nephew's first basketball game. Now he's in grad school at Indiana. That's how I feel like the last big win for Indiana was. Um, And that was the team that, you know, probably could have made some noise. Um, Mike Woodson is certainly one of the best players to ever play at Indiana. He never got a chance to win a title. His freshman year was the title team in 76 um, or title after 76. And then he left, ironically, Tim, before they won it again in 81. So it was kind of weird. Uh, he's top five, you know, on Indiana scoring list all time. As you said, 10, 11 year NBA career as a player, uh, got recruited by night. Um, he was really such a great freshman and Woodson and Isaiah Thomas basically led Indiana to that big 10 and a sweet 16 appearance. Um, he wanted, to, you know, coach Carmelo Anthony and the Knicks into the playoffs multiple times in, in that short two and a half year time. Yeah, um, I, I'll say it this way. I'll never call this a home run hire until I hear, see the ball leave the park. I, I do think that Indiana, they've tried to tap into some guys, and you know, Kelvin Sampson and all the phone stuff. And ironically, now you can call a recruit as much as you want. Sure. You couldn't yeah. then.
0: It seems and minor set, today.
1: Yeah. set the program back three, four years in times where the NCAA had a lot of teeth and the program got set back. Mike Davis took Knights players to that final in 2000. Um, or was it two, 2001? I can't, yeah, quite remember. that was
0: the Maryland championship.
1: That was Gary Williams, Gary. former Ohio state coach yeah. winning for Maryland. Um, and so Jared Jeffries like, was
0: the big player for that Indiana team.
1: Yeah. So you felt like, okay, wow. Night leaves. And now this guy can carry it. Um, you're right. It's been a, Indiana is a blue blood only because of how their fans invest in, In the program. They are as relevant when they're losing as when they're winning. That to me is the definition of a blue blood. It doesn't make them successful and they haven't been past a sweet 16 in 20 years. But I feel like Woodson having an NBA profile with throwing Thad Mata in there, who's you know, so ingrained in Indiana as he was as a player and a coach at Butler. And his wife being a Hoosier, and Thad's wife's dad—I mean, Thad—Thad's Barb is from Seymour. Her dad coached John Cougar in high school, and they there and she is a she went to Indiana. So there's just such a, a a ingrained part of Thad in Indiana hoops culture, even though he's an Illinois guy. But, I didn't
0: know that John Cougar, the classic rock singer. Yeah, that's Great right. Great Indiana John boy. John
1: Cougar, John Mellencamp, a John Cougar boy. Mellencamp. You know, small town. You know the song. You've heard, you know, Jack and Diane kind of stuff. Sucking on chili dogs. Um, Yeah, that's right. Right. Outside of the tasty Uh freaks. Yeah. And so you asked the right question. I don't think it was the first choice. I think he could become the right choice. He's going to recruit bigs. He's going to tell these guys what it takes to get into the NBA. He's going to be a disciplinarian, which I think they need. And he's going to connect with a fan base that feels disconnected. Archie Miller was a up and coming. Can we get this guy on the rise before he's great? And can we tap into the next great guy? I've said this on my show before, and I'm sure you have too. Indiana preemptively fired Crean to get to Archie. They knew that Ohio state was probably going to get rid of Thad. And then they were going to go get Archie, Ohio state. And I think there was two schools that, and Indiana made the preemptive firing of Crean. If Crean's team of Ola Depot and Zeller, and Hulls, and, and those guys get don't get upset by Syracuse in Dayton in, what, the second round? I think if he can get that team even to an Elite Eight, Crean is probably still the coach there. But he failed with the last great team he had. So, the first thing's first. Woodson's got to get recruits yeah. to want to suit up for Indiana. Not for the history, not for the banners, because of him and his style and where he's been. So, I think it can be a very good hire. My gut tells me that Loyola coach Porter Moser was their guy. Like he was their first choice outside of the grand slam hires that you and I have talked about, which they never were going to get few beard is probably going to go to Texas, right? I mean, he'd go to Texas before he'd come to IU. Plus beard makes a mint right now. Sure does. Um, Yeah. uh, Jay Wright, who you and I have talked about, wasn't going to leave Nova to come to IU Brad Stevens, they probably swung at early, and then he put that to bed quickly. Um, so if you weren't going to get the Grand Slam hire, you, get, you either were going to get the established coach like Porter Moser, who's done so much with less. And I think Porter is pretty religious guys at a private school in Chicago, private Jesuit school. I think that he had a little trouble wanting to make this jump even for the money. My gut tells me Moser was going to be the guy. He cooled on the job, and then Indiana cooled on him, and then they went, let's check as many boxes as we can for history, tradition, and a great name who can re-engage a fan base who is dying to be re-engaged. Archie couldn't do it, Tim. Archie went in there to coach, didn't do a great job, didn't sell the media, wasn't clo- uh, didn't, didn't embrace the media like Chris Holtman has, uh, didn't embrace the alum, just went in there to try to – be a coach. And at Indiana, I think you've got to wear a lot of hats. And I think Woodson is is primed and ready and he will have major support from the alumni now. And now he's got to recruit and then win. So, you know, the first part of the equation I think is there. He's got the fan base fairly excited again, because he knows what restoring Indiana can mean to that state and that school.
0: Yeah. Anthony, I'm just, I'm curious. The last thing on, on IU the, the thing that makes this for me is Thad Mata. Like that, to me, is such an amazing element where you're starting to see this in college football where analysts are a thing. And any way you can bolster your program, any avenue you can take to go and find some extra help, programs are doing it right now. Alabama is mm-hmm. doing it in football. Ohio State said, we're getting on board. We're going to start doing that, yeah. too. Now they go with a because it's not really the same as the Juwan Howard hire. People point that out. There's no. some, there's some similarities. Absolutely, mm-hmm. there are. NBA guy, but Howard is so cool. He's so popular among younger kids that you'll be recruiting right now. And I'm not I'm not talking about ageism. Believe me, I'm not. I'm not saying it's because of Mike Woodson's age. It's just because Juwan Howard wasn't out of the NBA game for that long when the opportunity presented itself to come back and be the guy from Michigan. But to have Thad Mata as an associate athletics director, let's face it, this is one of the best Big Ten basketball coaches of all time. So to help out Woodson with the tricks of the trade, that thick NCAA rule book, right, isn't – I'm just wondering from your perspective how much – you said you couldn't call this a home run higher, and I agree with it until we see it because it's a guy with no college basketball experience. Right. But you have a guy with plenty of college basketball experience to be his right hand man.
1: Well, think about this: when Indiana was down, where did Thad go? He went to get Greg Oden and Mike Conley. Where did they come from?
0: Right, <laughs> Indianapolis, Indian- Lawrence. Yep,
1: and, and Lawrence so North. It, it, yeah, so it was a it was a they seized the day. Thad knew what was going on. He had coach Butler. He had played there. He got those guys to leave the state and not go down to Bloomington and come to Ohio State. He's a great basketball mind. He's a player's coach. He can do a lot of that stuff you're talking about without the the exertion of travel and and keep his health where he needs it to be. That's a big I know a lot thing. of people say, well, maybe he's the coach in waiting. Listen hopefully that'll never happen. Cause if they need to fire Mike Woodson or move him along then things are going pretty poorly and Thad's going to be a part of trying to create right. that. So right. Thad would almost be attached to the lack of success if this doesn't work. So people thinking that he's, you know, hanging over uh, Woodson's shadow and he's ready to, to vulture him is not the case. I mean, there's a
0: reason um, he's been four years and not taking yeah. a, a college basketball coaching position. Yeah. Right? I
1: mean, he had a chance, you know, with Georgia and he had some other chances, this fits really right for his family, the state, um, and and really the lifestyle of what the job is. So now he's associated with, a, like you said, a, a legendary program that they can help bring out of the dark time. I mean, what could be better than buying Indiana low with, with the expectations of just getting them to the dance? Forget about winning. they got to get there. Yeah. They've, they've had a big drought. The Step other thing one. about Indiana, and I think a lot of fans like this who went there, Scott Dolson, who's the AD, this was going to be his first big home run hire. I'll give you a little background on him. Guy was a student manager when I was in school. Guy was on the 87 team as a student manager. And so he actually was like me and he got caught up in, and he was part of it for four years. He was a student manager on Indiana's basketball team. Like all and those guys remember him. And now he's the AD hiring the next guy. So either they, they, either this is wrong or it's so right because it was time to finally get back to Indiana roots without like, even though Woodson played for Bobby Knight, um, there's not a feel that, that he's the next general. It just doesn't, it's kind of new school, old school, like you said, but having Fad Mata, that basketball mind, who's recruited really well, connected with players, very well respected, um, He's got a knack, Thad Mata, in being able to feel give it a modern feel, help Woodson assimilate back into the college world, and you think that it can happen. And then this Larry Brown stuff out of nowhere. I mean, Larry Brown was at Kansas when I was there. I mean, what is going on here? Like what? It it doesn't make any sense. He was coaching Danny Manning in that team. Still banging? Yeah, I mean, the Van Buren boys. Uh you get Larry Brown. Uh I mean, it's uh it's I don't know, is that official by the way, is Larry Brown part of this consultant group with IU?
0: No, let me let me let me check on that as as you bring him up because I hadn't seen any final word to put Larry Brown into the it's still a could it's a, it's in discussions we're recording okay. this on march 31st at about 3:30 in the afternoon so it's still just consideration right now larry brown so, okay. clear, i mean clearly though if you you talk about basketball minds and wow. lb i think is still one of those names that even 18 year olds that are being recruited they you kind of have to know about Larry Brown, right? Because if you're an NBA, everybody's an NBA fan, right? These kids, these days, they love the league.
1: Yeah, I think that's what Woodson gives Indiana recruits is that I've been to where you want to go. I know what it takes, especially these bigs that I think he can coach. He's really well-respected, but yeah, Larry Brown wants to put himself into the legendary elderly coaches portal and maybe (laughs) Indiana's going to go shopping for a discount there. And use some sort of uh, golden Hoosier card and try to uh, pluck him out yeah, of there. But yeah, he was it, in Italy. That's
0: right. Larry Brown was in Italy last coaching the Auxilium Torino. He was. Was in he was Torino, he in Tuscany?
1: Because I don't think there's anything to
0: rent in Tuscany. No, you can't. You can't even get a cot in Tuscany. I mean, it's
1: booked solid.
0: You tell. I mean, don't yeah. even try. It's really not even worth the effort don't even go and look. But <laughs> no, Anthony, man. I don't I don't want to keep you for too much longer man. You've been you've been nice with your time here some some I, I'm talking st- your ear some, off so good, I appreciate it. Some good storytelling. You you can almost tell that this guy hosts a talk show, right? Like from th- what we're getting from Anthony on this podcast. But Just your few thoughts. You're a tournament guy. You love uh, fantasy sports. You love getting involved in the bracket pools. And our player pool is something that we've had a fun time. It's really more fun at the beginning than it is during and near the end because it's so hard to win these things. But just give me some of your tidbits, your thoughts about this year's March Madness. The team we cover, Ohio State, of course, went out to Oral Roberts. But Oral turned out to be pretty good and was a a three-point basket away from the Elite Eight. But – brackets are shot I suck at everything my Gonzaga pick is falling flat they're going to win it all clearly it looks like Baylor's the only shot if Baylor can get to the final game they could give them hell but that's that's about it
1: all right so I I assume we're going to get that heavyweight matchup that we were supposed to get in December the one that got canceled Gonzaga yeah. and Baylor Yep. Uh, Gonzaga's been numbered they've been the top team all year Baylor's been a top five team in the country all season long and so they looked a little rusty coming back from the pause and but they still had some big victories over you know West Virginia and Oak State and Texas Tech since um all i think their their lone losses if i'm wrong all came to teams that were on the top 4 seed lines so they were legit coming in and the key to yeah. them making a they run they lost to
0: Kansas it was Kansas's best game of the season
1: yeah you're right so the key to making a run for them was going to get their defense back on track i mean their offense was still pretty high um their defense kind of dipped and so they needed to kind of get that going. Um, and that's kind of with, with Butler and Mitchell, both All-Americans, you had to like them coming in. Um, listen, I, certainly on paper, you're going to get crushed for not picking the Zags to go to the Final Four. Um, I w- you could definitely – I had them going to the Final, but here's my biggest – the biggest one where I screwed up is Illinois and how much they let me down. That's a uh, national leader in Quad 1 victories – they rolled through the stretch of their of their season. They came into Indy in the big as and as Big Ten tournament champs. They won 14 of their last 15. And it, it was just an insane deal, given that they played in the Big Ten, which we thought was this monster, and every opponent was in Ken Palm's top 100. Yeah, Dasumu uh, and Coburn. You had perimeter and interior stars. You had a team that that ranked. Top 25 in shooting threes, which they really improved on this year. Uh, Demonte Williams led the nation, I think, in three-ball percentage. Frazier started to shoot this year.
0: To me – Curbelo was was becoming
1: an outstanding player. I have to tell you, I think Illinois losing to Loyola was bigger than Ohio State losing to Oral Roberts. And now, I'm not trying to take Ohio State off the hook. Horrendous loss – that could have rescued if they just hit free throws and didn't turn the ball over. And they definitely underestimated Ace's speed off the off the dribble. And and O'Banner was a mismatch in the post. And they got Ohio State to switch, which gave them some great mismatches. It didn't matter who you put on O'Banner inside; he was great and he hit his free throws. And Ohio State still could have won the game if Dwayne makes the best look he had all year to force double OT. No, I know. Or I know. hits the shot at the end of regulation. The step back long two, which, you know, I know people wanted him to drive and get fouled and win it at the line. He had just missed some free throws. But let's put it this way. Both those losses, Illinois to Loyola and Ohio State to ORU, probably the biggest things that that none of us would have ever predicted based on the way both teams came into the tournament. Um, This UCLA team, I actually gave them a shot to beat Michigan, didn't have the guts to pick it. But definitely thought they had a chance because I love Johnny Juzang. And the fact that he left yeah, Kentucky and good. went back home has been a star. Uh, Yaquez is playing great defense. Tiger Campbell is, is doing pretty well at the point. Got the Bob Marley um, they, hair
0: going, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. The all-hair all turning
1: hair, hair turning.
0: Jaime Yaquez, Tiger Campbell, he, yes. and, and Juzang all together. The hair is just incredible. Yeah. Then you threw Mike Smith and I, and out I, there. Yeah. I think wow. that's pretty uh, – wow.
1: Surprising for people to hear to think about Johnny Juzang because they may not know that he went to UK and and why he left. Who knows? Maybe got frustrated with Calipari. Maybe he just was homesick and wanted to go back to UCLA and and be near his family. Uh, either way, to go from first four to final four is unbelievable. Um, but I think what's going to happen, which is so weird, Tim, amongst all the upsets and craziness. We're going to get the game that everyone predicted, the Zags against Baylor. That's like the number one game of the right. overall team. So It's funny, um, it's funny how it yeah. works
0: because this event is just so unpredictable. And we just – that's what I love about it because when the calendar flips to March, we all get excited about it and we think it's going to be our year, you know, to – to get some predictions, to, to get hot. It's like the, the nature of the tournament. You're just trying to get hot at the right time. You're trying to do that as a fan and as an analyst in the same way. And I just the, – the thing that kills me, like as an analyst and as a college basketball viewer and someone that, you know, does this and enjoys doing a podcast now, is I'm always – I'm always trying not to be that guy, you know, to the safe pick. It's like your guy torts, right? Safe as death. I'm not I don't want to go with Gonzaga and I love like how could you not love Gonzaga with what they haven't lost a freaking game like obviously they're awesome they have everything you could want they have inside they have outside mark few is incredible they have built up a juggernaut the likes of which we have never seen before Mm -hmm. to go from a mid-major to that it's it's supremely impressive. I do want them. I hope that they can find a way to get into the PAC 12 as hoops only, but a discussion for another day. I just think it'd be more fun and more competition all year long, but I just, that's yeah. what I try to do. I'm like, let's, let's not go with Gonzaga. I'll take yes. the field, try to increase my chances there. That way, when the ultra popular pick goes out, I'm that guy that, Oh, you had Kansas getting hot and going through to the final four or Kansas would be a bad pick. Cause that's a Homer pick for somebody like me, but I had Iowa and Illinois. It was my championship game. So that sucks. That was Big Ten that was flame bad. out, man. It's yeah.
1: uh, I, I don't blame you for, for Illinois. I mean, everybody had Illinois and whether you had Illinois beating Ohio state, which I did, and neither one of them did anything. Um, You know, I believe that the big 10 certainly, you know, as a result standpoint was massively overrated to not get one to the final four, but it, it I almost – it's its real hindsight because when we saw them play basketball, they were damn good, the Big Ten. Uh-huh. And we thought that either one of those teams, Illinois Michigan, were capable of winning, winning it all. Ohio State was certainly capable of making a run. I think they had a ceiling. I just – I didn't think they were going to have quite enough to win it all. But uh, it's a shame that they didn't get to at least win that first game so you could get Kyle Young back and see if you could be at full strength as much as you could be to try to make a run – but no, they, they, they got beat and that's the tournament. And so it's, uh, I love the fact that you love it. I love the fact that you were able to, to try to go that way because I've said this on the air before, the hardest part about picking upsets is putting that Sharpie to your bracket and say, yeah, I think that's going to happen. Most of us that watch a ton of basketball, we're actually at a weakness. We're at a disadvantage. We've seen too much. We know too much. And it never works out that way. So we have a harder time picking upsets because We can't imagine it happening. The person that doesn't watch these games, Mm -hmm. well, they they have no consequence. So they can pick it. So I give you a lot of credit for for at least trying to win a big pool because that's the only reason you would leave the Zags out because if you you got that right and they laid an egg somewhere, you would have been the only one pretty much that didn't have them going to the Final Four because in that top of their bracket – I mean, maybe you could see them being beaten by Iowa and Garza if that game happened, but short of the Final Four, man, that was gutsy, dude. (laughs) That was gutsy.
0: And and clearly, like, with the way that USC started to play and just mow down opponents, they certainly looked like a team that could upset Gonzaga, and it's almost like they were scared to be on the floor with them. It's almost like someone came by their locker room and told (laughs) everyone – every one of the Trojan players, you're not as good as these zags. So you're going to go out there and you're going to play like shit and you're going to lose. And they just went out there and they agreed with it. And they, they were slopping so, the ball away left and right. And that's, so that's isn't it
1: Enfield Enfield took Gulf coast all the way there. Right? Like they had a coach that he went to, you the know, certainly, with Dunk city.
0: Yeah. He took a, yeah, 15, could have, could have helped them seed to the sweet 16. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll leave it on this. Um, Being an Indiana grad, part of me hopes that Gonzaga loses, right? I'd like Indiana to still be mentioned as the last team to go undefeated. If it doesn't happen that way, it's not like Indiana gets bumped off the list, but they'll never be mentioned anymore, really, in that one sentence. It'll always be the last team to do it, Um, and that will be Gonzaga. So, And ironically, it will be done in Indianapolis. And so... I really like the Zags team. I really like Mark Few. I like how they play. I like how they're coached. I say, you know what, go ahead and make history. But if they don't, the consolation is that the general still can pop the champagne.
0: The general. Come to the general and save some time. So before I let you go, I want to do some jump shots. I want to ask you some real quick questions and give me quick answers because you've – Anthony Rothman, he's I don't do anything quickly. Well, you're going to do it this time, or else you could just stay with me for another 30 minutes, and I'd be fine with that too. Mm -hmm. But Anthony Rothman, he's he's been in TV. He's been in radio, so he's traveled. He's covered a lot of things. Start off by telling me what's your favorite college basketball basketball venue? Is this an easy answer?
1: Uh, Favorite college basketball venue. I have not been to as many as you think. And that's why I haven't been to some of the great ones like Cameron. I've not done that. So as much as it's weird and I figure it's, it's, it's kind of like a uh, it's built wrong and the, and the scoreboard's too low and all that, of course, it'll be assembly hall. Of course.
0: course. I would
1: say it's a tie break between fog Allen because you know how much I appreciate that. Yes. Um, And I probably should have said fog Allen because that was my first, And I should never forget my first love. So change my answer. I'll tell you what. um, I've changed my mind. Mark me down for a tuck. So that's one tuck and one no tuck. Give me Fog Allen.
0: Just one one answer here, Anthony. Who is the top college basketball coach in the game today?
1: Top college basketball coach right now. It is... So you
0: have a coach. Top one right now. You have a
1: coach. You got a team. Um, You got uh, certainly... Can I say the underrated Mark Few?
0: Yes, of course you can say that. Yeah, love that guy. It's a perfectly sane answer, once
1: again, to give. I'm not going with the trendy, you know, picks.
0: Best college basketball player you've gotten to see play? Danny Manning. Danny and the Miracles. And the Geese love that answer as well.
1: Wow, these, these mics are sensitive.
0: What is the best game you were ever in attendance for?
1: Indiana, Kentucky, Assembly Hall. The one that we Uh, mentioned earlier. The one 10 years ago, 11 years ago, where Calipari should have fouled. Calipari should have fouled. He didn't, and he let Indiana come down there and shoot that three, which we see all the time. He claimed after the game he told his guys to foul, but I don't know if he really did. And uh, Watford hit that shot, and I was more happy for my nephew because it was his first ever game in Indiana. I could name a few more. Um, One, Indiana beating number one, UK
0: favorite NCAA tournament moment.
1: 87 Keith smart down 10, three minutes to go. Uh, Student um, in my dorm room, small TV, watching the game. Uh, we had a guy across the hall. I forgot his last name. His name was Mike. He came in. He was kind of crying and went with it. We're going to lose. Mikey, lose. have faith, Mikey. Um, and uh, uh, it's Keith Smart. And I can still hear Don Fisher play by play announcer, the legendary guy. When Smart hits that ba- down low to Thomas, back outside Keith Smart, jump shot. Good. Five seconds, four seconds, three seconds, two and then Bayheim finally gets a timeout. Why they didn't call a T.O. after Smart hit the shot, I have no clue. But he wasted three seconds at least.
0: Last last one. What's the best thing about going to a college basketball school?
1: The celebration, man. It's 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 the celebration in the center of campus, wherever that may be for you, and having all the students down there just going bananas. Uh, at Indiana, it's Showalter Fountain. And I was able after that to just pour out of your dorm room and go down to Kirkwood and go down to show Walter and celebrate with students going absolutely crazy. That's the best man. And then the the road to the final four and celebrating along the way. But dude, there's nothing like being a student and winning a title. Ohio state knows about that in football. Hopefully they'll know about it in basketball very soon. I can't believe that the big 10, not that the big 10 hasn't won it in 21 years, But we've had like seven or eight shots in the final since then, yeah. And none of those teams have come up with the goods. It's not like we've never been to a final. I think there have been seven or eight Big Ten, including Ohio State, as you know, and none of them could get it done since 2000. What's
0: the downtown street in Bloomington called? Is it Walnut? Is that where everything happens down at Kirkwood Kirkwood Square?
1: Down in Kirkwood is the, yeah, is, is the place to go. That's where it would be. And then the streets
0: would flood. If there's going to be a national championship and everybody enjoying, I've only gotten to see that once. And it was for uh, it was through work and it was when North Carolina won the national championship I believe that was the 2009 team it was the year after I was I had already left Kansas so I yeah. didn't get to enjoy the 08 title in Lawrence or understand what that was like mm-hmm. my last two years in college hoops at a basketball power were first round exit and first round exit the only time it had ever happened in KU history I got Bucknelled and then I got Bradley I went to oh the Bradley gosh. game in Detroit yeah. working for student radio. Didn't get to call it, but covered it for student radio and got credentialed and all that. And it was just – it was sick. It was sick. But I saw what it was like in a town like Chapel Hill, and yeah. it's hard to describe. We were at a bar doing a postgame show, which was a really cool thing to be doing for me at the time, too, and loving hoops. And just to see yeah. what uh, – uh, the name, the name of the street now is, is going to drive me nuts. What was going through a uh, downtown chapel Hill, all oh, the beautiful people in chapel Hill, they're <laughs> celebrating tonight, man. I got to get a Oh, yeah. and I got to run. You <laughs> it, know, was, it, it's was so great, it was
1: so funny that when I was able to cover Ohio state's final four team in 99 and then getting all the way there. And, uh, uh, losing to UConn and all that, the, the scooney Penn, Michael red team, the Jim O'Brien team. I used to cover Ohio state basketball and travel with them. When I was working for the TV station, we didn't get to go to some great venues. I think the, the first round was in Indy and then they went to, uh, where did they go? I think we went to Knoxville. Yeah. I think, I think, I think we advanced to Knoxville. And so that was my first time there and then beat Ron, Artest. test and that St. John's team beat Auburn who was I think a one oh my seed. Oh god. Ron and then you Artest. know where the you know where the final four was that year, Tim? Uh no, tell me. I don't remember. Horrendous. It was in it was at Tropicana Field in Tampa. Oh,
0: St. Pete. St. I mean, of all of all the, of all the yeah. bad
1: venues and 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 just didn't it didn't seem like a basketball venue. You asked the right question about basketball venues. Just that didn't seem right for a final four. But that run with them and making and 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 seeing them come to the locker room celebrating and being part of the media, those runs are so special in your in your career. And I know how much you love basketball and you do such a good job at it. And you know the game so well. And I just think there's such a pure passion for it for you. College basketball is such a great sport. And I can't believe how much I love college basketball versus how much I'm really just lack on the NBA like it's so weird to I know I know Yeah. because
0: I love it's it's a love of the sport you know that's where it starts I I loved high school basketball so much and growing up in Virginia and remembering some of the great players that I got to see and that was my thing with my dad we didn't we didn't live in an area in northern Virginia where we could easily get to a, a, a college we 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 had George Mason was nearby but it wasn't really something that people did and his thing he'd take me to the state tournament. We go to the final four in the state championship game for high school hoops every single year and I can remember seeing, you know, Allen Iverson in person in a, in a final four in the state of Virginia, but it's that love of the sport and there's just something about college basketball that captures the essence of everything that's great about the game before. And I'm I don't hate the NBA. I really don't, but if just clearly as we're talking here, yeah, the the love is is much more uh, apparent for the college game. And it was so much fun talking to you, Anthony. This was this Dude, was great. You just became I, uh, the whole podcast for today. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, I'm sorry
1: about that, man. But I love talking no, to you about sports no, in general, no. basketball. And there's no uh,
0: there's no apologies. You don't give the apology here. This is our okay. this is our own time. We're not on any clock. We're not on any wheel of wheel. It's no weird. one's telling us what to do. You can drop a f bomb if you want to. I said shit once already, and I just said it again. Wow, it you said matter. it again.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know you do it. Everybody does it. You just did it, and you're ready to do it again. I'll do and it again. That that I'm gonna just kind of pop a fadeaway in that basket right behind you, buddy. But uh, <laughs> right, I like the right, little. I
0: where's my where's my ball here?
1: Well, your microphone screen looks like a ball, so you're in good shape you know, it
0: looks there. Looks like Rudolph's nose right there. Let's see one. Yeah, on all right. One, let's see it. One for the end, right here. Yeah, let's see it. I've got the soffit that kind of, you know, right above me. So an, uh, now a you're gonna go? Are you gonna overhead. go bank or not here? No, we don't want to bank it here. Let's go. Okay. Let's get the get the touch. I've been shooting real hoops this week too. So this is oh, automatic. Back iron. Back iron. One more. Again. Back
1: iron's on target. Got the rebound. Short iron. He gets a third all right, That's short iron, back iron. Let's. One. Oh, my God. In and out. Oh, we, we got all of it going. Oh, there's one.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, boy.
1: <laughs> I, got a, I think I got a better chance of making it from here. <laughs>
0: oh, God. Hey, I'm not in the club anymore either.
1: <laughs> hey, don't ever look at the hoop anymore. Just throw it over your shoulder. If it goes in, it goes in. Oh kind of like your Gonzaga pick don't don't waste a lot of time thinking about it.
0: The ball just kicked away and now game over. That was like Michigan at the end. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Nothing, nothing dude, drops. I,
1: I can't thank you enough for this. This was a lot of fun. And you and I, I think share a passion for a lot of different sports together. And I, I thank you very much, dude, because this was a pl- absolute blast. And, uh, I look forward to uh, talking to you soon.
0: Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, everybody, he's Anthony Rothman, a, a fine radio host, 12 to 3 on 97.1 The Fan. Our station right here, Rothman and Ice is the show. And be there. Check it out. Listen every single day.
1: Or uh,
0: I always hear. man and bone say. Or go to hell. Yes. So he's a, ni- he's
1: a nice man. Anthony always here, yeah. 12 to 3. And now he's going to be
0: gone. He's gone. He burned. All right, Anthony, take care, buddy.
1: Best of luck, Timmy. Thanks, pal. Be well. Best to your family.
0: And that was wonderful. That turned out to be such a cool conversation with a lot of it unexpected and just a couple guys just really shooting from the hip. But best to Anthony's family as well. His lovely girlfriend, Jamie, and the furry uh, four-legged friends that he has because Anthony is a huge dog guy he he seriously he is he's one of the nicest guys that I've ever met he's been very good to me and he's been very helpful in my career he does a lot of great charitable work with with dogs in the community and rescue centers so he is out there doing some good work and got a very fine radio show as well so that was fun I hope everybody had a good time a little different perspective here for the podcast we will be back at it very soon but this has been the 45th episode of Mad About Hoops. Have a good one, everyone.